You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. So I am so excited to have you with us, Eliza. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Eliza actually did um, Permission Granted with me last year. Um, and so I feel like this often happens um, with Permission Granted. Like I just feel like we've got this beautiful relationship and that we've, um, yeah, we've also developed a friendship as well um, alongside the coaching relationship. So mm-hmm. Uh, Eliza's going to share a bit about her experience with Permission Granted and also some amazing skills and knowledge that she has around marrying your um, life flow with your cash flow. So, yes, can't wait. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Um, I love this, this concept of like mm-hmm. if you can think back to Eliza from a year ago, before mm-hmm. she started Permission Granted or like this time last year, you were just starting. Mm-hmm. Can you share more about where you were at and where your business was at and what led you to sign up? Mm. Yeah, so actually so interestingly timed. So this time last year, I think I had already signed up to it um, and we had just arrived in Perth. So we uh, moved to Perth on the day that the borders opened Um, (laughs) and, um, I was so, so happy to be here, but, you know, I was pretty anxious. Um, I, in the sense that I'd lived in Sydney for 20 years, um, had a really, really close knit neighborhood, which was community, which was school, which was, you know, kids being friends, you know, for the last, you know, 15 years or no, wouldn't have been that long, but you know, however long, um, we'd lived in the area and had kids. Um, so it was really hard. Um, I am quite an introverted person, um, but I really, really need my, my crew. Um, I'm not a a lone wolf, as they say. Um, I really like being around people who I have a really deep connection with. Um, I'm not great with small talk and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I knew I wanted, um, rather than just going to networking events or whatever, I knew I wanted, um, you know, some consistency in terms of the people who were going to be there. Um, I wanted uh, the ability to form deep connections um, and that's exactly what Permission Granted was. Um, I think in terms of business, my business was going really, really well. I was growing really quickly. Um, In effect, what actually ended up happening is that my business grew um, faster than I was able to keep up with um, because shortly after we arrived, a lot of things changed, not just the fact that we had moved, um, but a lot of family things had changed. Uh, I was required to sort of, well, not required, that sounds awful, but there was a lot of family things that I needed to um, be part of and support people in my family. Um, and I didn't have the business set up to be able to allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if I can keep, can I keep talking? Yes, keep going, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I love um, hearing it in your words. Like I know what I witnessed, but it's yeah. really um, beautiful for me to hear you describe your journey as well. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I, I mean, I just would have been completely lost without it. So I'm so glad that I had the foresight to do that um, because I didn't, when I signed up, I didn't know all these family changes mm-hmm. were going to happen. Well, I knew obviously we were moving to Perth, but there was sort of, it's like, you know, that ripple effect, it had a big ripple effect mm-hmm. on a number of different things. Um, and what ultimately ended up happening is that I needed to step back from the business. Um, and the day I stepped back or the week I realized I had to step back, I wasn't sure if it would be forever mm-hmm. um, or if I wanted it to be forever or if I didn't want it to be forever. Um and there was such a grief around that. Uh, and if I had, if it hadn't been for permission granted, I wouldn't have been able to sort of just share that emotion because mm-hmm. that's something that you definitely don't share on social media. And even with my close business friends, um, you know, there's only so much I can burden them with, or, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of one or two or three people's perspective, whereas permission granted was, you know, a, a community, um, which was just wonderful. So, um, yeah, really, really don't know where I would have, um, what would have happened if I hadn't have already joined that group this time last year. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And it's interesting, like, I think there's a real um, theme, like not for everyone in permission granted, but many of the women who, um join they're kind of either ready for change or there's a season of change that's been thrust on them without their choice you know Mm -hmm. and I think that there was some of some of the change you chose didn't you like you decided to move to Perth Mm -hmm. uh which I'm very happy about because I live in (laughs) Perth too so uh but also then um yeah there were other things happening in your family that weren't planned or Mm -hmm. or necessarily chosen and Mm -hmm. and you had to kind of learn to support yourself through those so Mm -hmm. um it was such a a beautiful honor to be able to hold space for you while you navigated all that change because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you like this is something that probably every single human listening to this can mm-hmm. relate to that when we're holding space for other people when our family are going through things where they need us mm-hmm. to have someone hold space for us is so valuable isn't it whether it's group coaching or therapy or one-on-one coaching like we need to be held and we deserve it oh Absolutely. And um, yeah, I just, I just can't, you know, I can't thank you in the group enough for that. Um, because there's certainly time, I, I, I often share this, and it's actually a very, very dear friend. So if she's listening, yeah. please don't um, get upset about this. But she told me when we were teenagers that I was a very negative person. Yeah. Um, and so since that time, I have very much found it really difficult to share the hard parts um, because I don't want to be negative. And yeah. generally when I say something that's really, really hard, it's just something that I'm moving through. And as soon as I've said it, I've moved through it. It's not like yeah. I dwell in it, but yeah. I've just taken that so on board that I've found it very, very difficult to have the freedom to say that. Um, yeah. Whereas permission granted just held such a wonderful space for me just to be able to go, really struggling with this and I know I shouldn't be you know I love this person but I really you know today I really just don't feel able to be a carer or you know whatever the 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 current situation was um and just know that I wasn't sort of being judged or um you know like I didn't have to just put on a brave face I could actually really take that mask off and and be myself so yeah I think thank you for sharing that that's so powerful because I think there is this um I actually think we need to get rid of the word maybe like you're so negative that sentence Mm. because 
like how do we allow our friendships and our relationships to be like honest and vulnerable mm. if they're also scared of that label of negative? Mm. And so it sounds like there's seen some shaming for you around that negativity. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I can't stand in the coaching industry, like this idea of like toxic positivity mm. and that, you know, posit- I hate that saying positive vibes only because oh, I awful. hate the permission, like permission granted, we have women who come and just say, I don't even have a question or I don't need coaching Mm. today. I just want to sit in the energy because Mm. the energy is beautiful. It's a space where you can be really soft and Mm. hopefully feel safe. Mm. Um, But I've never made it like you have to show up as your best self or you Mm. have to be positive all the time. Yeah. Because I just think that that's not, that doesn't allow for our humanness. Like it's not a, it's not a space where we are just, you know, whinging about our lives. Like we're there to, to, to grow, to move through things, to take responsibility, but it is a space to be where if you're feeling, if you've got some negative thoughts and you need to process Mm -hmm. them or something's Mm -hmm. hard that you can do that without being judged. So yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I hope that that is something that like, when I think about what I want, in the world for my daughter that you know mm-hmm. that she can yeah feel like she can be honest mm. about how she's feeling without being called negative yeah. yeah oh it's so I mean it's what's that 20 years you know mm-hmm. of yeah trying to hide that part of it and my sister yeah. said to me once she yeah. said Eliza you're really easy to know really hard to know well yeah. and I think it's because of that you know because mm-hmm. uh, I, I once we get to a negative thought mm-hmm. or you know whatever I I the wall goes down. Sorry, I'm using my hand. The wall goes down and, um, you know, it, then it just means that I'm not open and, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it was definitely a wonderful space for that. And I think the other thing Mm -hmm. was not just yourself, um, but hearing other people sometimes have, uh, hard things as well. You just go, oh gosh, because, you know, for the longest time Mm -hmm. I thought, gosh, who am I? Why am I, why am I really struggling with this? Everyone seems fine. Um, but to, uh, hear that other people are having those thoughts as well, um, really just stops that that feeling of being alone or, or, or like you said, shame, you know, yeah. oh, I'm so ashamed that this is not working for me and I'm not this wonderful parent who has it all together or whatever the case may be. So. And I was thinking, cause we talked about permission granted being almost like an incubator for life that mm. you can like, one of my goals is to create it as a space where you can be brave and show up as more of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you feel like then by having that you know, space and that permission, I guess, mm-hmm. to to show up more as yourself and show more of your whole self. Do you feel like that has um, impacted the way you show up with other people outside of permission granted? Hundred percent. I I think famously at one of the earlier sessions, yeah. you start. Somebody mentioned boundaries. Yeah. And I said, I don't even know what a boundary is. I don't. I really, you know, I hear people talk about this, yeah. and I know that seems so silly. I mean, I know what it is. I know what yes. a boundary sort of is, but yeah. I couldn't understand how that would translate into anything. Yeah. Um, in my personal life, in my business life, you know, um, I would always respond to emails as soon as I got them, whether they're personal or or, or work related. Um, and I, I sort of realized, and again, this is no disrespect from to yeah. my original family, but we yeah. were in a position where my dad, uh, had a position, um, sort of a public facing um, yeah. position, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so we were all sort of supporting them and we almost had to have no needs, um, yes. because, 
we were sort of supporting the needs of of a community it's hard to explain without sort of going Mm -hmm. into too much detail but I don't want that to be the the theme of this um but um it just made me realize that I've never been able to say what I want or mm-hmm. say what I need um, because there's always been other people who've needed needed things more than I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a lovely thing to say is, you know, you're always in service to other people, but that, you know, there's a point in which you need to ask for what you want um, and need. And need. And that's something we really work on in Permission Granted. Mm. Like, and it sounds so simple, like practice asking for what you need on this call. Uh, but I do believe that most of us have been conditioned um, as good girls to be the good girl. That means don't ask for what you need. Be polite, be quiet, you know, just be patient and don't, yeah, you don't ask for what you need. And Mm -hmm. so for many of us, like we're trying to unlearn that practice. Mm -hmm. And so asking for what you need seems so simple. And yet there's a lot of unlearning and deep work that has to come with that. Yeah. And and a lot of um, really framing around that as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I remember going to an outdoor cinema, sorry for, for rambling, yeah. but I went to an yeah, outdoor cinema yeah. and a friend and uh, had brought some chairs, you know, to sit yeah. on because it's on the grass type thing. Yeah. And what we hadn't realised, but, you know, they have to be the short chairs and not the tall ah, chairs. Yes. Yeah. And I felt really self-conscious and I thought, well, you know, like, what do I say? She's brought them for me. You know, like I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm not going to sit on the set. Anyway, a woman behind us yeah. about 20 minutes in tapped us on the shoulder and go, you two are so rude. How dare you bring these chairs? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, all she needed to say was, you know, it would be better if you didn't have those chairs. But because yeah. we're so unused to actually saying what we think yeah. or need, we don't say it until we're furious yeah. and put everyone offside. If they had us said that nicely yeah. right from the start, yeah, it would have been so much better. Well, you so could have maybe moved to the back, you know, like yeah. where. Uh, but that's so interesting. That's what we call like kind of um, I find with communication styles, a lot of women do this. They Instead of speaking up, they become really passive. They just sit with it. And then they explode and there's that aggression, you know, like someone yelling at you and say, and calling you names instead of imagine, yeah, if she just felt like, hey, can mm-hmm. can I just let you know that, like, you know, I can't see yeah. and I'd like you to move. Yeah. Uh, but we, yeah, often we're not um, conditioned to do that from a young age. So exactly, yeah, yeah, that's a really powerful example. Yeah. And so what do you feel has been your biggest mindset and kind of inner world shift um, in the work that you've done in Permission Granted? Hmm. I think it's sort of twofold. I think um, just going back to what you've just said, I didn't even know what I needed. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I I adore my husband um, and he's always like, just tell me what you need. Just tell me what you need. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I literally yeah. don't even know what to ask for, you know, Um and just by working through it, every um, every module sort of helps me uh, understand different things I need. Like, I mean, yeah. one was to book a holiday. And it's, yes. I mean, it was it's a family holiday, but it's just like, you know, two, three years of COVID and uh, not being able to, to go, you sort of realize, you sort of feel like you're always on holiday because you're sort of always at home, but you're sort yeah. of not on holiday, yes. you know. Yes. And it's such a simple thing, but it's yeah. like I hadn't actually even realized how much we needed that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think firstly, just understanding what it is I need. Um, yes. And then secondly, um being brave enough and having the permission to ask for it Um, and not the instant default I used to have and I shouldn't be asking for this this isn't fair um, to ask for Uh, I think that's been really really helpful it's something about um, 
my needs matter. In fact, that's mm. like a whole exercise that we do in Permission Granted, isn't it? And there's some journaling mm. and some exercises around that. Um, and again, it's simple, yet it's so powerful. Mm. Uh, and then I love what you said about it's, it's, you do have to be brave when you're making these changes because we can feel so scared that people are going to reject us. Mm. Not everyone likes it when we change and we start mm. getting our needs met because it, it's not always convenient for them. Yes. Um, and I would love to know how have you been going with the boundaries? Like how mm-hmm. how have you found your boundary setting since you've done Permission mm-hmm. Granted? Yeah, boundaries have been just life-changing, to be honest. Um, and in terms of uh, personally, like obviously exactly like you said, um, it isn't easy. Uh, and in the past I had sort of defaulted to explaining and explaining and explaining and explaining and hoping that everyone would just suddenly understand that how important my needs are. Yeah. Um, but I sort of recognised that, that people may not. And I probably, there are some people who's, needs I don't understand um and that that's okay that doesn't mean that I shouldn't ask for it or that it's invalid so um as I said I'm a I'm an introvert this is a really small example but I'm an introvert and I don't like people in my space a lot um and I've always felt real guilt about that. You know, people always talk about how they entertain and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And I'm happy to entertain if people leave yeah. after an hour and a half. Yeah. But <laughs> going to stay for six hours, you know, and, and I felt guilt about that and would just try to stop that urge in myself uh, yeah. to want people to leave. But now I'm just like, no, that's actually who I am. I'm a better person when I have that space. Um, And that's okay. I'm allowed to ask for that, you know. Um, Not that I ask people to leave, but I just, for instance, won't have people over if I think they're going to stay for 12 hours or whatever it might be. (laughs) Um, I think it's rolled over into business in the sense that I feel much more comfortable, you know, um, sharing the... um, sharing the things that I can do for people and the things that I can't share, uh, sorry, the things that I can't do for people. Um, Because I think before I used to sort of feel this pressure, oh, I should try and learn that and I'll provide that for that person. And, you know, it's out of scope of the the, the project Mm -hmm. that we're working on and I would just take it on. Um, Whereas I'm much happier to sort of say, you know what, that's not my specialty. Um, I've got somebody, you know, this is the type of person you're looking for or, you know, here's a person who might be able to help you. Um, and and really feeling f- happier to discuss my prices, which is such a micro um, example. But, you know, sometimes you can really, um, you know, you don't have you, you don't feel you have the permission to ask for yeah. what, you know, your your work is worth. Yes, I think that's so powerful. And it's almost like you learn to set boundaries, but it was also you learned how to communicate them. Like, because I think this is something I know I find this hard and I think a lot of women do that. Sometimes we over-explain. Like, so instead of just saying, oh, yeah, no, um, I can't make it on Sunday, which is completely okay, uh, we feel like we've got to do like this lengthy paragraph about why we can't make it. Or, yeah, you set a boundary with someone and you feel uncomfortable about it. So you kind of, um, you know, creep back and mm-hmm. all that. So it sounds like you've become really clear in your communication. And that's something that we, I really try to coach people through. Mm-hmm. And I often will provide like scripts or little examples as well of how to set a boundary. Because yep. if no one's taught it to us, we don't actually sometimes know how to say no mm-hmm. or say oh actually I'm not comfortable with that this is what I want or this is yeah. what I need uh so I think that's so um powerful thank you for sharing that oh my pleasure uh, it was so good 
I'm interrupting this episode to share with you how you can be coached by me in 2023. Right now, the doors to my signature experience, permission granted, are open. This is a six-month group coaching experience with an intimate group of women. If you are ready to stop living your life for everyone else and start prioritizing you and your vision, then permission granted is for you. This is for the woman who feels things deeply, who cares a lot about her work, her purpose, her creative pursuit, and gives so much to others. She wants to start giving more to herself. And she knows that she needs to start prioritizing herself, but she often gets blocked and stuck and is at that stage where she realizes that it would be so much more supportive and enjoyable to do this work amongst a sisterhood of other women who are also committed to doing the work. If that sounds like you, jump on, have a check out the link and let me know if you're interested. I'm very happy to jump on a call or chat with you in the DMs or answer any questions via email. And so tell us a bit more about your business and your journey with marrying cash flow with life flow. I love that concept, but I I don't fully understand it. So tell me what does that mean to you, marrying cash flow with life flow? Yeah. So I ended up um, in the financial world quite by accident. Um, I actually studied um, agribusiness at uni and I thought I would go live in, um, live on an organic farm down south um, here in WA. And I thought before I do that, I want to move to the UK and sort of get the city out of my my life, Um, you know, out of my blood, whatever. and my sister was living there at that time. And I just happened across a job in accounts. And I thought, I actually have always loved maths. So yeah. it was sort of like, oh, I never really thought about this as a career. Yeah. And it sort of seemed to be so against my values of slow living, um, organic living, um, all of that sort of stuff. You know, and then you put this really frenetic financial world. You know, yeah. I was working in the square mile in London. Um, so really sort of contrasting. Um, and so after, and, and, but, you know, I really liked the work. So after sort of many years of working in the industry, um, and having small children, it was like, you know, there's a lot of women out there who are not supported in corporate. Um, I know I certainly wasn't, um, either you were part-time and that meant you were sort of admin Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, um, or, you know, um, the financial equivalent of admin, you know, processing invoices and that type of thing, or you were full-time and you never saw your children. There was no in-between. And so a lot of women, not necessarily just in finance, but in so many areas, marketing and that sort of thing, they weren't supported from that, from that, in that environment, you know, they couldn't find a happy balance where their, you know, their knowledge was, was accepted and um, valued and, and put to use. So um, a friend um, was doing, she was feeling the same um, and not that we went into business together, but she was like, you know, I think that there's really room for have all these businesses that, that provide the functions that a big corporate does, but for small businesses. And um, so it allowed me to both have cash flow um, from that, but also to be able to be there uh, for my children, um, be there to support my husband. Uh, and I, I, 
I would say that, you know, income wasn't the most important thing um, yeah. at that point. It was, yeah. you know, it was sort of just a little bit of extra money at that stage. Yeah. I don't want to sort of say I had this, you know, multi-million dollar business at that yeah. stage, because yeah. I do think that there is time for that in your business mm -hmm. or in your life. Um, and there's also times for just sort of uh, it just being ticking along. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. And so what does marrying cash flow with life flow, what does that kind of mean to you now? Um, yeah, and how, yeah, I guess, how do you support people to do that in your business? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, I start everything with values. Yes. Um, I look at, um, I will look at the client's values, because that could really unlock a lot of what is important to them, and maybe what is in their business that is either not important to them or something that's important to them that isn't reflected in their business. So it's around yeah. sort of addressing that to make sure that those are in alignment. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if those are in alignment, you know, if I if I really wanted to be around my family and somebody said, oh, you know what, I want to reduce my tax bill, so I'm just going to pay you um, money to do nothing, yeah. that's not in alignment with my values. Yeah. Yes, okay, it's achieving a couple of things, but it's not in alignment with my values. I mean, that's an extreme yes. example. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you've got a business that's not in alignment with your values, um, then you're ultimately not going to be happy in business. Mm -hmm. And it's also no good recommending something um, to yeah. this client. So I help them with coming up with strategies um, yeah. to achieve their goals. And there's no good me recommending something if it's just, yeah, it's just not going to be something that they enjoy doing. That makes or not sense to me. Like if you, yeah, so you're basically trying to help your clients meet their cash goals, but mm -hmm. in a way that's aligned to their life. Like if you- absolutely. A lot of mums in business start their businesses to be home with their mm -hmm. children. So you're probably not going to suggest that they, you know, start doing a 40-hour week. Mm, um, exactly. That's not aligned with what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so what is it like working in that way look like mm -hmm. and feel like? Like how would someone know if their cash flow and their life flow are in alignment, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Mm. it's it's a bit of um uh so that's why I always do, do discovery calls yeah. because um I'll have a lot of people going I need to understand more about finance and so we'll have a discussion and they that what they're wanting is really somebody to help them with their bookkeeping yes okay um so it really is generally I I not always obviously but generally it's people who've been in business two to three years or more and they're just like you know I've I've got it nailed. I'm get. I've got a great group mm -hmm. of clients. I've got yeah. a wait list. Um, I yeah. have no problem launching. Um, all of that sort of is sorted. But at the end yeah. of the month, I still don't seem to have enough money. Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I gave up um working and going in my business so that I could be there for the children. But I'm actually working an eighty hour week. Yeah. What the heck is going on? Um, yeah. and we yeah. would we would look at the strategies that they're employing. We'd look at pricing. We'd look at um. You know, have you hired, um, you know, in some cases you'll see that somebody's hired somebody to help them with their business, but they're actually earning more than the business owner. So it's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe you need to redress that, address that and, um, and, and, and try and get the balance back. I love that. I think pricing is so, there's so much mindset and kind of deeper work that comes with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, we often need like, it's almost, it sounds like you give your clients this gift of having someone who walks the, their talk mm. an external view at mm. their business like you know and yeah. it's so helpful isn't it to have someone look at our whole business from the yeah. outside in but also I love that you're looking at their life too and their values mm. 
Mm. Um, so it do just you... lights me up. Yeah, it sounds amazing. So in terms of like how people can maybe put some of this into practice in their own mm-hmm. business and their own life, mm-hmm. what tips and tools do you suggest for marrying mm-hmm. cash flow and life flow? Mm. So I think the first thing um, is to look at their values. Um, I have a list if anybody wants them, but mine's quite a short list because the last thing I want to do is overwhelm people. But there is a lot of lists online. There's probably quizzes, I'm sure. Um, And just check in with what those are. Um, And then really have a look at um, your business and sort of understand, are there anything things that aren't being met. So I gave that example of, you know, family being a really important value. But if you're working 100 hours a week or 80 hours a week, whatever it might be, then that's out of alignment um, with mm-hmm. your values and what things then can you do to address that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really, really recommend businesses do um, is a time log. So just for three days, um, just look at where you're spending all of your time and that'll highlight either things you could outsource time sucks Mm -hmm. um or also um understand um you know how much time are you actually spending with your clients or you know um earning money versus sort of all the background stuff um and that and I think um you know especially in product-based well both actually we underestimate how much of our time a client takes or you know produce uh, sending one product takes um and that can really lead to pricing um issues as well so yeah, really do a time audit and a values audit um, yeah. and then just see see what comes up out of that. It can be quite confronting to look at your hourly rate as a coach. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I know a lot of people look at coaches and how much they charge and they think, oh my gosh, they must earn so much money. But then if you look at all the behind the scenes, like all the free content that you create, all of the planning, mm-hmm. managing your team, like there's so much stuff that isn't paid. Yes. And I think um, whilst that can feel for me, I know when I looked at that last year, it can feel quite confronting and vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. like a really important reality check, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I remember I went to a, a masseuse way, way before I even started mm-hmm. my business and and she said, look, I know I'm more expensive than other people, but she says, you know, pe- people don't realise how physically demanding this mm-hmm. job is. And yeah. I actually can't, I, I can't have eight clients a day because yeah. I can't, you know, and it was something they had never thought about. It's like, well, of course, yes. you've got to have a space, you've got to hire the space, but it's physically demanding. You can't just keep increasing how many people come. Yeah, this is why I remember once someone said to me, oh, I love, when I was just working as a psychotherapist, someone said to me, oh, I love I love therapy, but I wish they charged a lot less. Like I wish they were like $50 an hour. Mm. And um, I remember thinking, oh, but I guess it's something you just don't understand until you do the job, like how much energy it takes to hold space for someone. Mm. Um, You might think, well, $50 an hour is enough, but for starters, you've probably got like 40% costs. Mm. Also, like you, I feel like most humans only have so much energy to hold space for others. Mm. Like Mm. I was never a therapist that could see like 35, 40 clients a week. And Mm. even as a coach, I'm the same, you know, I would prefer to charge a little bit more and have less clients and give them the best of me yeah charge less and then have me having to see so many clients Mm. in a week that I feel like I don't 
you know, I'm drained. So yeah, it's yeah. really interesting, isn't it? Like yeah. when you think about the masseuse example or mm-hmm. a therapist and mm-hmm. I think it's why we, yeah, as a society, we need to value people's yeah. um, people's time, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it gives you such an appreciation, you know, for these things, you know. That, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and how, how great they make you feel, therapy, massage, coaches, yeah. all of that, you know, they really yeah. help, yeah. Yeah, they help. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, every like I also believe I think there's too much um, negative. There's a lot of judgment online about what people do charge. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, it's interesting. I've been told you charge too much, you charge mm-hmm. too little. Mm-hmm. Everyone has such a unique perspective. But I think sometimes we make too much value judgments on people's pricing. Yeah. What do absolutely. you think about that? You know, yeah. With the whole spectrum of people and, you know, pricing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. What could I say? What could I encapsulate? Cause yeah, I certainly seen both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think from my point of view, I'm a very logical, practical person. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I know energetically what I feel yeah. drawn to from a yeah. finance, you know, from a pricing point of view. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anything that I suggest for my clients, obviously it's their business and, you know, yeah. whatever they want to do, that's great. But I think it's sometimes knowing what I feel energetically and then, you know, um, having some sort of justification generally just for myself I don't go justifying um to everybody else and it's the same for my clients I'm assuming um just going look uh you know so I worked with a client and they had a very unique very very unique um offer and they were charging what an absolutely massive business was charging and yet they had customization they had never uh, endless um support endless one-to-one support you know I just went you know, everything was yeah. about five times what the, the big competitor yeah. was able. And they were very scared to even put up their price. And I said, look, yeah. you, you really should be charging about 10 times what they're charging. Of yeah. course, that's not what I recommended they did. But, you know, just to get that understanding of, you know, you get so scared about putting your prices up. But then if you have another look around about, you know, the time that you're spending, the actual personalization, the customization, all of this sort of stuff, you go, actually, it's not unreasonable. And that then helps you, um know both the logic and the emotion behind the pricing that you're you're charging yes I know I did an exercise with my coach when I very first started mm-hmm. my business and we looked at all of the time that I would be spending outside mm. of clients as well and it was very eye-opening mm. um, I also do believe like I, I as a consumer I don't necessarily choose who I'm going to work with based on price like there can be some very expensive coaches who don't deliver who don't offer you a lot for what what you're paying and then mm-hmm. there are some coaches who just charge less but who still deliver an amazing yeah. service so I it's yeah. so I love this conversation because I feel like it's so nuanced yeah no yeah. right or wrong way but like I think what what you say about marrying your life and your business mm-hmm. is so powerful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you're a mum in business and you want to earn a certain amount but mm-hmm. you've only got 10 hours a week to work in your business if you're undercharging then mm-hmm. you know you're never going to um be able to live that balanced yeah. life you're desiring yeah um, so it it is like important mm. It's also uh, like just to go back to values because I do often go back to values, but, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who don't want to charge more because they want to be accessible. But there are so so many other ways you can do it. Yes. 
from yeah. just you know I remember listening to uh, I remember somebody asking in one of the Facebook um, business yeah. groups she sort of said you know I've I offer low-cost gardening to pensioners yeah. um, and that ended up being 90% of her business I said why don't you just say you've got opening for one pensioner a week yeah you know and then the then you know 90% of your business is full paying clients but you've still got that time to give back rather than you know so you can still be within al- alignment with your values without yes. you know becoming a charity <laughs> and I agree like um I think there are lots of ways to be generous like um mm. it's okay to earn good money because yeah. I think especially women often so heart-centered and generous mm. when money is in the hands of women it, it goes to good places so mm. I absolutely I love that. yeah yeah I think there's no shame in earning good money because mm can do good things with it yeah uh, and there's so many ways that you can provide like free and you know val- like I do my podcast and I, mm-hmm. I provide lots mm-hmm. of other ways to add value to my community if they can't afford yeah. to work with me so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it's a very important conversation isn't it mm-hmm. and it sounds like people are being like very um gentle mindful hands with you I think if they were going through this work mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so how can people find out more about your work and mm-hmm. are there any opportunities coming up for them to work with you yes so um I've just recently redone all of my um not redone that's not true and not all of them but I have sort of just tweaked the service offerings that I've got um probably the best way is to just have a look at my website which is theflowsociety.com.au um and there's a page there called services and it outlines the different services I've got there um it can be a bit hard to navigate in terms of knowing what's best for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just in terms of being gentle, I do yeah. offer um, this discovery call. So um, I will never, ever suggest something, you know, like that's why I, I said before about having the discovery call. Sometimes I'll get on the call and realize actually they need a bookkeeper or they need somebody who can help with their superannuation or, you know, they might even need a marketing coach as opposed to what, yeah. what I can offer. Yeah. Um, so I do think that's really important. Um but um, yeah, probably my website is everything. But the the place I mostly show up is Instagram. I was going to um, say your Instagram's lovely, and you do lots well, of lives, you. and you're yeah. yeah, it's a great place to be. So people can hang out with you on Insta, and I think we yes. might be doing an Insta live together so this week. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eliza. Uh, We loved having you on this episode and yeah, really appreciate you sharing your gifts and knowledge with uh, this community. Uh, My absolute pleasure, Sam. It was so exciting today to, well, or this week, knowing that I was going to have this time to chat to you. (laughs) Like catching up with a friend. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did feel like that, didn't it?